Hello, Polyam fam, and welcome to Talk Your Poly Off, presented by ilovepoly.org. This is your podcast for ethically navigating your relationships, your community, and yourself for a healthier and happier lifestyle. This is Bella Doll. She is my sunshine full of giggles. And this is Joshua Monsuda, the logic to my emotion and the chaos to my order. So now you know us. Pull up a seat and let's talk our poly off. Welcome back, Polyam fam, to Talk Your Poly Off. I'm Monsada. And I'm Bella. And today we're going to talk about long-distance relationships. We have a special guest host today, Peaches. Say hi. Hi. Woo! (laughs) (laughs) So, why is Peaches on this show? Who are you? I... (laughs) Who are, who are you and why are you laying in my bed right now? I don't get it. Who, who is this person? I am Peaches and I am one of your Monsuda's girlfriends. Oh, that's who you are. Yeah. Nice to meet you again. Nice to meet you. Um, and I live a little ways away. And here I am. And here I am. (laughs) Okay, so it's interesting that you live a little bit away because this episode is talking about long-distance relationships. Funny how that worked out, isn't it? Funny! Yeah, it's almost (laughs) like we saved the long-distance episode because we would love to have her here for it. Oh, yeah, there's that too. Right? Right. Huh, I guess it's not as happenstance as I thought it was. (laughs) (laughs) So where are we at? We want to talk about definitions? Yeah, let's talk about a couple. um, Not so much, I mean, I think the terms are pretty self-explanatory, but there are some abbreviations that you might hear this episode, um, such as LDR, stands for Long Distance Relationships. Yeah, and then I think you're going to be bringing one up later, D-A-D-T, which is also Don't Ask, Don't Tell. And what's the third one? What is the third one? KTP, Kitchen Table Poly. Woo! What does that mean? (laughs) (laughs) It means where the partners and the metas and the various people involved in the polycule feel comfortable enough to hang out, for example, at a kitchen table. (laughs) All right. Weird how they got that term. (laughs) So let's kind of go into... um, what is a long-distance relationship? What types are there? Why do people do it? How has it changed over time? Like, nowadays, people jump into long-distance because of the online world. Let's talk about all the things. Um, what okay. What do you think constitutes a long-distance relationship? Did you want to go first, being the guest? Uh, I think... Any amount of distance that affects your ability to see each other in person less than you would if you were closer. In my opinion, that's like two hours away by car or longer. I was wondering what your time was on it. Like, it's different for everybody. Mine, like, I don't want to drive more than 30 minutes. 30 Mm -hmm. minutes or more, which we've got a friend who, um, her and her partner live 45 minutes to an hour west of us. And I'm like, man, I could never date her just because she's so far away. Even though she's Portland Metro, I just couldn't do beyond 30 minutes for me personally. Yeah. Uh, well, I I kind of fit somewhere in between those. So we'll just say an hour, 20 minutes. <laughs> I have dated someone who's about 30 minutes away and I considered that local. I have dated someone all the way across the country. That was definitely long distance. <laughs> I was like, was that local too? <laughs> no. <laughs> I, I would agree that it's something where you have to commit quite a bit of drive time in order to spend time with that person. Yeah, and that, that time, that whatever constitutes quite a bit of time, varies from person to person. Right, so it's, it's a, a personal preference. Definitely subjective. Well, so... I don't know. Why do you get into... Why did you choose to date someone across the country? Oh, you know, reasons. But it wasn't. You weren't (laughs) forced into it. You weren't in something where, like, a spouse was 
a military partner. Peach has mentioned that earlier. Um, Off air. Right, right. <laughs> so it wasn't something that was forced upon. You chose to see this person across the country. I think for me, especially in that scenario, it comes down to technology is we live in a day and age where you can just as easily connect with somebody who is half a world away as you would connecting with your neighbor through the use of social media or online groups or something of that sort. You just, the ability to connect with people on a human level is so much easier now than it ever has been. Do you find connecting online with someone easier? Like, do you talk to people better? Or, we've said easier so many times, easier when it's online communication first? Or, like, for me personally, having a gamer background, I'm used to talking to people online. And I can typically flirt or communicate in a way that connects to a person online easier than I can in face-to-face I don't know. I think maybe. I think that sometimes it's a little easier for me to connect online because I don't have to worry about if this person's going to be paying a lot of attention to my appearance or my mannerisms or me fumbling over my words. I get the chance to think about what I want to say and I get the chance to kind of elaborate my intention or my feeling Rather than just being embarrassed and blurty, yeah, I guess. that's a big thing for me. I fumble on my words and I often don't think before I speak. So via text communication, I can slow down and process before I just have a knee-jerk reaction to something. Right. What about you? Uh, I'm with Bella on that. I, I like to have time to put together my thoughts and articulate and consciously choose the words. And I can do that a lot better on messenger or text than face to face yeah i don't like being put on the spot even at work if someone's like i want to give you a call let's talk about this i'm like no put it in email i'll respond to your email (laughs) don't put me on the spot (laughs) so yeah i think i think in some of my scenario why i would have dated someone across the country is because technology has made that an option and it's made it easier for connecting through distance right maintaining or developing that's a totally different story but i think that answers your question so peaches (laughs) why have you chosen some long distance relationships over the time this is the only one that i've chosen um i had one as you kind of said forced sort of into when my husband and i uh lived apart for a year i moved up to Seattle from Portland to go to college. So we lived apart for almost a year. Um, I guess that's still a choice. But with Joshua, I chose it because as we sort of just talked about with connecting online, I, I really connected with him deeper and... I'm, I'm not going to ignore a connection. Like, I can't do that. I can't just say, oh, you live too far. I'm not going to continue this connection. I need to not talk to you anymore so I don't miss you. <laughs> the connection just developed. I had no intention when I started talking <laughs> to you to, like, oh, he's going to be my boyfriend someday. And, you know, it was just, it just sort of grew naturally. And I'm all about connections, you know, so... If you find that, which it can be a rare and special thing. So if they live a couple hours away, then you just roll with it. I'm kind of in a funny boat where I do make that decision and I do cut off the communication. And I'm like, okay, well, like I really like getting to know this person, but I don't want to go any further because I know that I'm needy. And I know that if you live two hours away and I'm having a rough day... And I can't see you and get cuddles and touch you and get that time. I don't want to connect any further with you if it's just going to be heartache later. Uh, that's that's a little different than some people. And I've just grown. I've tried to, and I'll talk about that in a little bit. I've tried to do it. And even nowadays, 
like literally right now in real time, I'd be open to trying because I'm craving connection so much. I just, I have this fear because I know how needy I can be. <laughs> I have no idea what you're talking I about. I know. It's so weird. Yeah. I know. So then how does it, how does long distance play in poly? Because, I mean, anybody can have a long distance relationship. Yeah. But how is it different in the polyamory world? You'd have two local partners, like one nesting, and you could have one that's maybe, you know, half an hour away. And then you could have what they call, oh, there's another definition, a comet partner. Someone who you see very rarely comes into town. Maybe you go on a date and have some fun. And then you don't see them for another three to six months or so. Right. Um, and so you could have a comet, two local. You could have one long distance. That's a regular once or twice a month thing. Long distance is interesting in poly. So I don't know that it it is different in poly as opposed to like a monogamous long distance relationship. I mean, I guess there are some differences, but I think ultimately some of this stuff can definitely apply to monogamous LDRs in that you're still going to connect with someone. I mean, OkCupid, all the other dating apps, there are plenty of ways to connect with people who are not near you. And many of the people who use like dating apps or dating sites, they're monogamous or they're looking for monogamous and they hook up with somebody online and a relationship develops and through that you know you're going to find yourself craving attention with this person more you're going to want to text more you're going to want to have good morning and good night texts it's going to move into wanting like video chats or phone calls you know and as it goes on it's almost like long distance relationships have created their own relationship escalator mm -hmm. in a sense and as it goes on that craving to be with somebody your your heart yearns for them and you want to reach out for them and so that touching and 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 feeling that's not there is i feel in a lot of situations going to drive that relationship regardless of whether it's polyamorous or monogamous and I guess in one way that I can see that it's different is that, like with Peaches and I, we are long distance. We've actually gotten to see each other more than I anticipated, which has been fantastic. And there are still times where I absolutely am like, I would really like to be able to hold her right now or show her something i know or stuff come her. up where you're like man she'd really like this right yeah i can't think of it off the top of my head but but the thing is 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 where i feel like monogamy long distance relationships aren't as fortunate maybe is that while i'm still craving to do this with her and i still totally miss the opportunity to do that there is still a, a way, and I'm not trying to sound less emotionally connected, but there is still a way where I'm bummed out that I can't show her a thing. At least I have you as a partner to be able to help me talk through it. Right. Uh, emotional support, I guess. In poly uh, versus monogamy. Right. I, I feel like there might be a better chance at emotional support in poly as opposed to a monogamous LDR. That makes sense. So I think that would be a big difference. Yeah. What do you feel? I'm at a loss for words at the moment. Why? What um, happened? No, I, uh, I am also happy that I can see you in person more than anticipated. Bella mentioned before that maybe a reason for not doing them is, is the sort of neediness and the, I, I want you right now and you're not close. I <laughs> am also needy in that in that sense. I didn't notice um, that either. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's difficult. You can't really replace touch with text and pictures. Definitely in poly you do have more emotional support. I don't necessarily 
do much more than like I might tell my husband oh I really miss Joshua right now or or he, he might see a certain look on my face and know that I'm thinking about you but I'm not gonna just sort of sit around and pine and whine about you to my other partner all day long because that would be doing him a disservice right but it is nice that he he knows my history with you and he uh we do um you and i and bella and phil do our sort of long distance version of kitchen table poly as well as we can with distance i think and because of that he knows he knows you all and he knows what's going on and so it is nice to have that uh intimate support of someone who is in the know yeah Oh, and I thought of a fun addition. <laughs> now, we we haven't had the chance to experience this yet because I'm bashful <laughs> and we're still in a new enough phase. But one of the other advantages of polyamory and long-distance relationships is say I want to send peaches a specific type of nude that I can't be holding the camera. <laughs> like maybe I want a distance shot or a majestic jumping on the bed post. Not majestic, but but then you say majestic, and I think Austin Powers laying on the bed. I was thinking of a lion in the jungle, like, sitting there majestically watching his pride. But I don't think lions jump on the bed. No, no. So I mix them. Anyway, so if I wanted to have my watching over my pride picture fully nude with, you know, my business hanging out, <laughs> and I wanted you to see that, I'm not going to be able to be like, hey, neighbor, you think you can get this picture for me? But I could come to Bella and say, hey, mm -hmm. do you think that maybe you could do a couple of photos of me that I can send to my partner. And then that way you get a capture of my essence. And then I can be like, oh, let's try this pose. Oh, you should yeah. do this because this is really cute. Oh, do it this way and I'll send it to her. Don't, I'll send it. Don't worry. <laughs> Absolutely. Probably how that, it would go. Yeah. So they, there's another benefit. They do have these things called tripods, but. I know. Yeah, I I, a, we really want to get a couple actually for I am a tripod. But I have one. I'll but, give you a picture uh -huh. of that. <laughs> But, yeah, it's funny that you brought that up about a partner taking a picture for another partner. Slightly off topic and not necessarily oh, we run off topic distance, all the time. But, <laughs> but Polly, very Polly, um, when my husband was flirting with a young lady and they were sending selfies back and forth, <laughs> he, he was going to send her... This horrible selfie of him in our messy living room with a big mess pile behind him. And he looked messy. And I'm like, you cannot send her that. I'm like, at least go to the park and have a nice background. So he goes to the park. He has a nice background. I wasn't there. He has someone else take his picture. His hair wasn't combed. He, he wasn't shaved. He looked like he wasn't smiling. He looked like a grumpy old man. I'm like, you can't send that to her either. So I took pictures. I took really nice pictures right. of him. And that's nice to be supportive of your mm -hmm. partner in that way. And um, the long distance offers similar and other opportunities to support your partner like yeah. that. Right. Well, and maybe... In the future, with all the technology and virtual reality these days, maybe you'll be able to touch each other. Mm -hmm. Each other. You can't see my air quotes through the audio. <laughs> and you can feel the touch in return from like an AI. So we need some VRs, a dildo, and a flashlight. <laughs> they, they do actually have. So I've been... I, She's like, I've been researching yeah, this. I'm on it. I have been researching this because I I always like to think about ways that I can surprise a partner or or do something for a partner. And so I do look this stuff up. And they have gloves where um, you can 
put a certain amount of pressure and I think it uses Wi-Fi mm-hmm. and the distance and you could do it around the world yeah. and he would feel whether it's a tickle or a squeeze or he would feel that. So we just need someone to gift us those. <laughs> but um, they also have things where uh, you can feel each other's heartbeat. I was going to say, isn't there a ring where there, you can feel the heart There are heartbeat rings. There are also... Um, bracelets where you can just like send a little vibration or a light um there's lights that you can put at your bedside and you can like send a red light or a green light or and the other person's light turns that color right um so there are things yeah (laughs) again the age of technology yeah making long distance a little easier are you fidgeting with your wiener again yeah (laughs) i am for the listeners, <laughs> Mr. Loki Doki, our wiener pup, happens to be here while recording. He wanted to join in. He was in the bed with us, but now he's getting antsy. <laughs> and I have to decide whether I want to get up and let him out or get him to chill out. So he's he's holding his wiener as we speak to you. It's pretty cute. That's what I do. <laughs> All right, so... I mean, I touched on it a little bit, my experience with long-distance relationships, and the little bit of experience that I've got just went awful for me. Just, again, I, so I don't open up. We've talked, we've had a few episodes about it that I don't open up easily. So if I do open up my heart and let my walls down, and then it it's like an unfulfilling relationship because... His needs aren't getting met. My needs aren't getting met. And I'm more sad than happy because I don't get to see him. All it does is kind of enforce why I have walls up and don't let people in in the first place. So for me, long distance relationships have probably done more harm for me than good. And so recently, what maybe six, nine months ago, I went on a date with a gentleman from our online groups and he lived an hour and a half, two hours Something away. Like he came down. I, t- I told him I don't typically do LDRs. He said it was fine. No big deal. And he'd do the driving. So he came down. We went on a date and it was really great conversation. Nothing bad. Just no big spark. There was no magnetic, life-altering connection that made the long distance worth it. It was, this is really great, and we could totally start as friends and see where it goes. However, I'm not driving an hour, half, two hours, and if you do it every time, I'm going to start to feel guilty, and the dynamic and connection isn't quite where it needs to be in order for me to feel okay about that. So I I squashed that, and then he didn't even want to be friends with me. (laughs) It was like, well, if I can't date you, I don't even want to talk to you. (laughs) I was like, okay, that's cool, thanks. That actually does bring up something that I feel is important about LDRs Hmm. and this is just my personal experience I'm not speaking as a blanket definitive context for everything but I think that LDRs is most successful in my experience when you focus on the friendship first yeah you get to connect with someone and I think that's one of the advantages of it is that you get to connect to someone and you get to get intimate with their heart and their soul before you get intimate with their body yeah and so you get to know this person and you when you're making the conscious decision to develop a friendship with them then you have that yeah and it's not just hey we met at the bar you're looking pretty hot i'm feeling pretty hot Let's make some heat. Like, But I also think that if you're not able or willing to put the time or effort into building or maintaining friendships, then it's not going to be a, a, a long-term, long-distance yeah. relationship. It'll be some sexy pictures, some flirty talking, and I feel like the fire would die down fast. Yeah. So I think that, that that's one of the things about long-distance relationships that brings a different type of dynamic than in-person relationship, like daily in-person relationships. 
Well, and that, so my, my final point from my experience would be like thinking about what are things that would change my mind, right? Like what are circumstances where I, I would date long distance? And if it was and being demisexual, I need to have an emotional connection. Mm-hmm. If you don't talk to me online, I'm on my phone, what, 10 hours out of the day at least. Right. Uh, most of it at work. My work tends to have these lulls and, and lows, and I can be on my phone a ton. If you can't hold an online communication with me, I can't get to know you, you can't get to know me, uh, then we're going to struggle. But let's say it was, you know, near perfect and really a great connection, and I'm looking forward to, to talking to this person every day, and... I also am not one to send nudes for multiple reasons, but let's say I was comfortable enough to do it, you know, and it, it went that far, maybe I would consider it. It's it's crossed my mind more often lately, and it might be even better for me to, because it would start as the friendship and, and connecting and getting to know the person before the runaway bride scary physical stuff. <laughs> <laughs> So what are your guys' experiences or what else do you want to say about long distance? Do you have experience you want to share? I get a little wordy and I have a little bit. Or talk, tell me about your current situation if you want, whatever. Oh, we'll get there. Oh, okay. I think that's a natural progression. <laughs> do you want to go or do you want me to go? You. Okay. So Peaches is not my first long distance relationship. I... I because I can communicate well online in general. I make good friendships. And you're different than most men, which makes for easy communication. How am I different? We've had this discussion. You communicate, you get to know her, you ask questions, you show genuine interest. You aren't just like, what's up? Show me your tits. I mean, that works. <laughs> sure. <laughs> but you're different in how you go about it. And I think that's where a lot of people connect to you, too. When I when I go to connect online with people, I yeah, I'm not just like, hey, let me send you a dick pic. I want to see your titties. Like, <laughs> let's do a thing. I, I really, I am big on human connection and and knowing people for who they are. I mean, you could be the hottest person in the world, and if we don't have any real connection, I I don't care. Like, I don't... I'm not looking for masturbation material, right? right? Like, I want to know people. So, when I'm online, I connect with people. I I develop friendships. Almost always, they're flirty friendships. And once in a while, relationships grow out of them. Long-distance has been the killer of all the long distance relationships up to this point and I'll explain why ours is different here soon I have dated people online from as close as two hours away to as far as across the the, uh, entire globe my very first online relationship was a girl in New Zealand yeah and this was back in the ICQ days. <laughs> and we communicated like crazy. We talked all the time. She even sent me a care package once <laughs> with little things from her country. And, you know, there's always that conversation about the plane tickets and who's going to fly where. And, and it never happened. And it was unfortunate that we, you know, went our own ways. I mentioned at the beginning of this episode that I dated across the country. I actually had two long-distance relationships across the country to amazing people who, because of the inability to physically connect in person, we couldn't seem to get it to go anywhere. That'd be me. I'd struggle. And again... There's talk of plane tickets and meetings, and and it's always great, and it's always wonderful, but two years, and never a single physical connection, and, and that's tough, and, and I guess that comes to why we're different, is 
we actually get the chance to be together in person. So it's almost like, I don't want to think of it as a rewards-based system, but it's almost like a reward <laughs> for going through all of that emotional distance is that we know that we're finally going to be able to be together for a night or a couple of days. There's almost the reward of being able to actually be able to be in person. And that's where I think it's crucial for the success of a long distance relationship is at least try to be with each other physically sometimes. Yeah. If it's always 100% online, I cannot say that it would always 100% work. In fact, I feel like the failure ratio is pretty high. Yeah. Your turn. Well, to touch on when my husband and I did it, it was so I could go to college and we were able to see each other every other weekend. And this was before we had smartphones and all of that. So we did the emailing probably five or six times a day and phone calls at night. And it was difficult, but we had lots of time to talk and email. So, And we also had the history of, at that point, we had been living together for like 15 or 20 years. So we had that as a base. Um, whereas you and I, when we've never had that living close together. We met when we were far apart and we're still far apart. With you and I, it does get really hard for me sometimes. I do get sad and I yearn and pine and all of that stuff. But I think for me, what is making it work so far is that there's a sense of commitment. I mean, we don't have any agreements as to, okay, we're going to message every morning or we're going to text this often, but there is a sense of not letting too much time go by and texting, messaging, or sending a selfie or picture or, you know, sharing parts of my life um, with you. You know, even if it's just, this is the park I go to, you know. Right. Um, and definitely knowing that I'm going to see you helps keep me committed to that commitment, <laughs> if that makes sense. It's like, well, it's not going to be too much longer. Sometimes it might be with my husband coming down and we see you at one of your meetups. Or it might be... Maybe a once a month, I see you for a few hours in the evening and then go back up. Or these longer visits of two, three, four days. Those help so much. And one thing I'm experiencing with you is, uh, like we talked about before, we, we made that personal sort of heart connection just chatting and talking online. But... Like, I feel like even now it's been almost four months and I'm still getting to know you in ways that if I lived closer and we saw each other two or three times a week, I'd already, I'd already know a lot of these things about you that I'm still learning. What your days look like and how your hair sticks up certain ways in the mornings and, huh. and um, you know, little little looks that you give, um, and even being around you and Bella, my metamor, um, and seeing the two of you interact, that teaches me a lot about you that I like to know. And so I feel that even though I got to know your soul and your heart really early on, I feel like I'm still learning, you know, what you like to eat and how you raise your eyebrow and <laughs> how you do things that also make you you. The visits help with that because I do yearn for that. So I have a question for you both. For me, the relationship escalator part's hard in poly, right? You don't typically go from you know dating to living or to marriage to living to kids the whole typical relationship escalator 
and we've talked about that here and there. How does that work in long distance for you? Like, for me, there are things that we look forward, that I look forward to, like we've discussed a hand fasting ceremony as a possibility in the future, and we look forward to events as big life things versus, oh, the next big life thing on the timeline is a kid, you know? We're looking forward at different things. What do you guys use or do you use anything for a long distance escalator? You know, like, is that an important thing for you? I think it comes down to what people want. Some people, I feel like through conversations, I've felt like that's part of the appeal to long distance relationship is that they don't feel like they are required to ride a relationship escalator of sorts. Right. I'm not entirely sure that that's something that I feel. As an example, you're talking about the big events, the the things that show some kind of milestone in a relationship. Right, or like, what do you look forward to next? What's the big thing? I don't know that I look forward to a next. What I do is I take a moment to recognize a milestone as a marker of where we've been and what we've done and as an example Peach has just said that we've been together about four months mm-hmm. which will be the 29th and so relationship wise we're relatively fresh today happens to be our two year friend anniversary <laughs> on Facebook <laughs> Which also, for me, the milestone marker in that says we spent a year and eight months building a friendship and it allows me to look back on that. And I remember there were times where through that friendship, I've developed so much love and care because here's this person who doesn't have to talk to me online. And we are excited to share our day, share our conversation. We've helped each other through hard times. And we've been we've been exceptionally good friends for almost two years before we even started dating. Right. So today's friend anniversary is as silly as some of those Facebook things are, it was a great way for me to look back and say Hey, Peaches, look at where we've come from and look at all that we've done. And look at how we've grown in those two years. And and then that's that's that feeling of what is next year's going to look like? Right. And, and What are you going to do between now and next year's? Right. And, and we've actually, since we've started dating, we have started developing both our intimate and our friendship side at an accelerated rate. So no, I don't I don't know that there's an escalator type that says we need to have 2.6 kids and a white picket fence and uh, <laughs> oh, but my there goodness. are <laughs> but there are other aspects that help us grow. Do you have something that you would consider relationship escalatory for long distance? Oh, I don't have the escalator plotted out, but I do enjoy noticing forward momentum and I enjoy noticing new steps in our relationship. I have been called a relationship escalator junkie. (laughs) Um, I didn't know that was a thing. (laughs) Apparently it is. (laughs) I notice and get excited about firsts, like the first time I stayed the night here and the first time, you know, whatever. Firsts and, and things that are big-ish to me. I don't necessarily have anything down the road that I'm like, we need to get to that point on the escalator. That's a thing. Like, I don't, I don't have that. I have desires. Like, uh, I would love sometime to 
go away with you for a weekend, like go to the beach or go somewhere for a day and a half or two days. Right. And that could be some steps up on a relationship escalator, I suppose. Not at the 2.6 kid level. Um, I do not want yeah, two we don't ever have kids. To, <laughs> we don't have to have to get to that level. No kids, no kids. I made that choice a long time yeah. ago. <laughs> but yeah, I do I do get excited. Uh, I'm I'm one of those people that notices things like anniversaries and whatnot. Every month on the 29th, I get excited. <laughs> um, so that stuff is important to me to acknowledge, but I don't necessarily have any goals about it. So I guess when it comes down to it, I know that through the evolution of dating and whatnot in the last 25, 30 years, is online dating used to be considered a joke and it was something only desperate weirdos did or people used for the don't ask don't tell right and nowadays it's just as common or more common than the old traditionals of going to the bar and meeting someone at the bar or you know and it's interesting to see how online and technology has affected even social events like dating and relationships. And so I'm also glad that, that it's become a commonplace thing, that it's become normalized, and it's yet another obstacle that we've overcome as people in order to just learn how to live and love and grow together. Whereas, like with Peaches and I being four hours apart physically, it might never have been an option 30, 40, 100 years ago. Right. But today it's just as easy as as this. And I think I am definitely trying to open up to it as I try to be like the birds and let my walls down and just fly. I'm, I'm... Opening up to the idea of communicating with someone if there's potential. Yeah. yeah. So I know that we're trying to wind down here, but I that actually brings up a question for me. Um, you and I are metamors. Yeah. So how does the fact that I am a long-distance relationship and the fact that we all sort of prefer the kitchen table style... How does that affect you as my meta? I think there are times for like our relationship development, it gets hard because right when I feel like we're making strides, like last visit, I think it was last visit, um, we, we sat down in the kitchen and we were talking a little bit. So doing my hair. That was the visit before last. Visit before last. Um, And I feel like we're making strides, and like my walls are finally coming down, and we're talking, and then it's time for you to go. And then in the month that you're gone, my walls go back up. And then the next time you come, like okay, they come down a little bit quicker this time, but it's still (laughs) like gotta work through that again. Gotta work through that again. I don't trust people, and so I don't. We don't have conversation like you guys have conversation. So in the month that you're not here. It's like Peaches is gone and I have to get to know her again next time she comes. Um, so that's a little difficult. Huh. And, and again, I don't do long distance relationships. So the whole thing is kind of a weird thing for me. Uh, but it's not that you show up and I'm like, ah, who are you? Go away. <laughs> you know, it's just, it's a little slower. The but... dog is like that. <laughs> who are you again? Yeah, but in all fairness to the dog... <laughs> You could leave and come back an hour later and he'll forget who you were. And Rex is here pretty often and he still barks at him. (laughs) And then there are definitely things in the long distance that I'm dealing with that kick up in the envy zone, I think. There are things that, um, that he used to do with me 
that now that I'm a nesting partner, he doesn't do anymore. But he does with you. Ooh, I have envy too. So there, there are things with that. There's always envy, yeah. right? The grass is always greener yeah. on the other side. I feel side. like this just went south. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I actually have an example that I would like yeah, to share. Yeah, it just went south. <laughs> no, it's not, it's not even, it's nothing bad. It's just, so the other day you got home from work and you and you both were talking about your days after work, whatever. Um, I, I intentionally didn't come down until you had some time alone together. I came down and, uh, I asked you how your day was, or I asked you something and you, you started to answer me, but because you're nesting partners and you already know a lot about each other's worlds and you also have a habit of every day sort of reconnecting you started to answer me and you turned and you <laughs> the next 10 minutes was was all to her even though i answered i asked the question and that was a little i i want that <laughs> what, what i face me i want that <laughs> and um yeah i and that made me think you know well she gets to experience that every day, that sort of reconnecting and the the sort of daily, she, she knows your world. She knows all the little details. She knows who this person at your work is and what that situation is. And it's, you know, it's easier for you to just tell her than it is to try to fill me in on the whole backstory. And, and uh, nobody did anything wrong, <laughs> nothing like that. <laughs> But I just, I had a little envy there. The envy on both sides. And, <laughs> yeah, definitely it goes both ways. Well, and it's something that um, I think his wife and I struggled with a lot, too. Just real, it's trying to find the gratitude and the things to enjoy and love and be happy for in the situation versus looking at everyone else's situation. Yes. Right? Like, so now I've been on both sides. Mm -hmm. I've been the non-nesting partner, granted, not long distance, but I've been the non-nesting four-month-in excited NRE partner. And I've now been the nesting partner where I don't get to do some of the things that non-nesting partners get to do. So it's really been interesting in not a this one's better than this one, but just in a seeing the difference, like we mentioned last night, I think, um, where I was talking about like, it makes me sad that I send him two like, so for a year and a half, two years, we've always done like good night and good morning messages with a certain sticker that we use in messaging. And lately we haven't been doing it. Both me and him, we just haven't been doing it. And then or I'll do it and get no response or whatever. And your response to it when I was telling you this was, yeah, but you get it in person. Yeah, but I have two years of expectation of this. We've been doing this, living here or not, we've been doing it. So when it doesn't happen, it's like, wait a minute, what what's changed now? Uh, so... So what I need to start doing <laughs> is when you're lying right next to me yes, in bed, send it to me. I need to... <laughs> push you aside yes. so I can get my phone <laughs> and send you little bear yes. stickers. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> now okay. we're speaking Done. the same language. <laughs> and again, it's not that it's a bad thing. It's just a, I've noticed a change. Mm -hmm. Whether it's a growth or a growth, it sounds like it's like a mole. <laughs> it's a growth. <laughs> Isn't that what a nesting partner is? Oh no! Oh. Like the ball and chain? Are you calling me the ball and chain? No, now? it's a growth. It's an organic cancer. <laughs> oh no, that's not better. <laughs> You're so funny. I'm dying over here. But yes, I'm trying to work through all the envy. <laughs> You take your claws out my arm. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. Was that what I was doing? This is such a fun episode. Oh. <laughs> Turnabout's fair play. <laughs> What's the genie? Part and part. Part and, part and parcel. The whole genie gig. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's never like a this is better or that's better. But it's a... 
there's things that she gets that I don't, and there it's are sad. And there's yeah. things that I get that you don't, and it makes mm-hmm. you sad. So it's it's interesting to see it change over time. Oh yeah. And that's one thing. It's awesome that you brought that up, actually, Peaches, because that's a great side of long distance relationship that I haven't ever experienced is being a long distance meta. Right. So that just spoke volumes about another aspect of LDRs in polyamory that's important to be aware of. Well, and I mean, technically you're a meta with her husband, but it's... Right, but her husband and I haven't spent time talking in a bed like this either, so... Because, like, it's a different situation. (laughs) It is a different situation, And, and he's a great guy, and we get along, and I know that when they come down for parties... I think I talked to him more than I talked to you. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I may have noticed that. <laughs> well, is there anything we're missing? Anything else? I do absolutely have more that I want to say. Uh, however, I do know that we're running out of time. And I know that we have a movie coming up. Avengers for the win! So, how about I propose that we turn this into a multi-part series LDR part one. Right. And then we will explore more LDR stuff down the road uh, at another one of Peach's visits. And we will continue both our growth in, in LDR and discuss other aspects of long distance relationships, obstacles, uh, benefits, yeah. all sorts of stuff. Scheduling. I like Scheduling. it. Scheduling. Okay. So for now... We're going to sign off. If there's something you guys want to hear, please shoot us an email at podcast at polyamory. Oh, Pacific Northwest polyamory.com. Apparently, I felt like I had already said the Pacific Northwest. <laughs> Apparently <part>. so. <laughs> podcast at Pacific Northwest polyamory.com. Right. So at this point, because we are closing and Peaches took the time out of her visit with me for us to do this. I absolutely want to thank you from the bottom of my heart to coming onto the show. And I've been looking forward to having you on the show for quite some time. Yay! So it's been really exciting to be able to share this, one of our other milestones, <laughs> with you. First episode together. Aww. All right, Polyam fam, thank you so much for listening. Peaches, it's been great having you on this episode. Thank you for having me. And we'll see you next time. Or talk to you next time. Yeah, talking. (laughs) Purely talking. (laughs) Thank you for talking your poly off with Bella. And Monsida. You can find our Facebook page in the links. Or by searching for Pacific Northwest Polyamory. You can also find Pacific Northwest Polyamory on Instagram and Twitter. And if you want us to help you navigate to all of our online presence, come on over to PacificNorthwestPolyamory.com. Until our next discussion, Polyam fam. Live like there's no tomorrow. Laugh until it hurts. And and love love without without limits. limits.